I love people, particularly people who are developing themselves to be the best versions of themselves. I love those who are newly experiencing self-ownership and self-responsibility, and I love those who've been, well, doing the work forever. It's my humble privilege to connect with you through the Love Life podcast with gratitude, love, and a big squishy hug. Thanks for joining me. Welcome to Love Life, featuring your hosts, Rebecca Detman and Jane Donovan. The sun shines bright as it moves across my face. I feel the light. I honor and celebrate my achievements. Welcome to Love Life. I'm Jane Donovan, and I'm thrilled to have you join me today. We have a very different type of podcast today. Over the past few weeks, I have had the pleasure of being on the phone and interviewing some of our gorgeous Love Life Tribe members. Now, these are Love Life listeners who most of them have followed us for many years, and I have posed a question to each of them. The question I posed is, Complete this sentence, I am most proud of myself for. Now, the reason that I chose this question is that you gorgeous listeners are so highly evolved, highly conscious, high vibrational. And I know that to get there is an awful lot of work that each of you have done. And through that journey of self-ownership, self-discovery, healing the past, reframing, growing, becoming more conscious, living more conscious, sometimes we forget just how far we have come. And I want this episode to be about a big pat on the back. I want you to sit in that beautiful energy of achievement, of accomplishment, of feeling so good about yourself for everything that you have done that has led you to be the beautiful, highly conscious, high vibrational person that you are today. And I think the best way to do that is to celebrate the stories. So I have got for you some listeners' stories, their personal stories of what it is that they are most proud of and why they're most proud of it. Now, I would love to keep the conversation going. So if you would like to join our Love Life Tribe, it is a closed private group on Facebook. To do that, head to our Facebook page, which is facebook.com forward slash Love Life Show. And then pinned, I think, at the top of the page is the link that you can click on that will put in a friend request to join the Love Life private group. And at the end of the day, really sit in your story. Sit in the whole way through, revisit it, go down memory lane. Remind yourself of the girl or boy that you were and just look at how far you've come. Nothing will be more motivational for you than to look at your own journey and to celebrate it, to honour it, if you wish to share it, because this is the evidence This is the evidence that you have gathered that doing the work works and it helps us to be the highest version, the most beautiful, loving version of ourselves that we can be. I'll be sharing with you my personal story at the end of the podcast. But for now, let's celebrate and honour the moments that our Love Life tribe are most proud of. Thank you. 
Hi, I'm Amanda Tuckerman and I'm from Sydney, Australia. I'm most proud of myself for the commitment that I have made to growing myself and really having that courage to face my shadow side and go real deep into what is there. So it's not always pretty, as we all know, and it's not always we don't always find things in there that we're necessarily proud of and it's an ongoing relationship to get to know that side just as much as it is to get to know any other side of us and it just sometimes feels that that side to look at is quite overwhelming and it has felt like that at times but now coming a little bit out on the other side of it where I kind of know a little bit more how to handle that side and the biggest thing I think is acceptance of that side because once I accepted it and just thought, well, you know, that's there and I'll deal with things as they come up, that actually made it so much easier. But the courage to actually face whatever comes up head on and that commitment to growth is what I'm most proud of because I can see it working. Oh, beautifully said. Absolutely gorgeous, Amanda. You know, the commitment to, to growth, the commitment to self-development, is pivotal in every single person I've ever spoken to's happiness. Those yeah. who commit do grow, and through the growth, they do gain greater happiness. And, yeah. you know, sometimes in um, my coaching practice, particularly if I'm working with people that they've come to me through a desire, you know, as a matchmaker rather than them coming to me as a coach, it's like I'm putting my finger in their onion and wanting to peel the very first layer for them to help them to start their self-awareness journey. And it can be, um, it can be a tough thing to motivate people to start on that. But boy, once you start, you kind of can't stop, can you? Because you just do get better and better. So I absolutely applaud you that you fully should be incredibly proud of your commitment to, to growing yourself. I want to also ask, you know, Shadow work does take huge courage initially. And I, I agree with you 100% when you said, you know, sometimes it, there's stuff to own that we're not proud of. You know, it's so easy to say, oh, I'm kind, loving, giving, generous, loyal, trustworthy. You know, yeah, 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 that's all great. However, can you say that you're arrogant, opinionated, judgmental, blah, 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 and still be okay with yourself? And yet that's the key to the freedom, isn't it, is to own that shadow side and know that, well, that's that's just part of me and I have to love that as much as anything. I keep it on a tight leash now <laughs> and I know as soon as it's starting to play up, I know the little games that she tries to play with me now um, and it truly is where the freedom lies and that first step is the hardest for any like for anyone and I see the fear on people's faces now when they're at that beginning point where it's like you just need to face your shadow side, shadow side and I can see that they're doing so much to avoid it and so much to try and find an answer somewhere else. But until you face it, until you face it head on and dive in deep and, you know, pull off an onion skin but even go in deep and grab a whole root out at a time, I guess it's strong, but until you do that, you won't really see any change, I don't think. Mm, I agree with you on that. Now, do you did you have a moment, was there something, was there like a dark night of the soul or was there something that helped you to get the courage to start doing the shadow work? Was there a moment 
that you remember where you just went, I have to do this? I actually did. I kind of got a bit of a, I don't know what you want to call it, a download or an inkling or a message or whatever it might be and Mm -hmm. was told your intuition, like in terms of you will have some growth, do you want to do it? And at first I said no and sat on it for a couple of months and then I was kind of, and then it just got to the point where I was like, okay, I have to do this. This is It just was something outside of me that just turned around one day and went, yes. And that's when all the hard work started and that's where the courage came, but the courage had to come because that's when things started popping up that I had to face. And within that growth period, I'm still kind of, well, I don't think the growth ever stopped, but that major growth period of about a year to 18 months, through that time, there there was a, a big dark night of the soul, but I had tried to face things before that. And I think that it was just, the things that helped me through it were energetic healing. I had lots of Reiki in that year and I have a fantastic soul sister who I can talk to anything about and she's on the same journey as well where we just boot each other in. But really uh, it's just a matter of when that storm comes, just sitting in it and just sitting there and letting it come. That's kind of... Yeah. The action that I, yeah. I take. Going into it, going through it. Yeah. Not trying to run away from it. I've got a couple of things that I want to say there. I love that uh, you were given a message of like, you know, if you want your intuition to grow, you got to do this. It's like yeah. you were given an incentive. And, and maybe that's what we need to do is, you know, help people to recognize if you do this, it equals this and help them to know what that picture looks like. You know, whether it is intuition or for others, it might be the ability to have a more heartfelt connection with others. For some people, it might be the ability to not be so fearful. For others, it might be the ability to perhaps live a more peaceful or a calmer life. Maybe their life's really turbulent emotionally and they'd like some some more stability in the gorgeous, peaceful, calm realms. Whatever it is, I think it's important for people to try and have a picture of what is it that they want their life to feel like? And therefore, that's, that gives them the incentive to go through the storm. And the storm includes having a look at that ugly shadow side. <laughs> 100%. And I can't even say that when I said yes to that, I knew exactly what life would look like. But I knew that the thing that was holding me back was nothing but fear. And that fear was that I would the fear of change because there's that fear when you know that a big change is coming that oh my gosh how am I going to relate to people what's my family going to think how am I going to what is you know you don't know what things are going to look like and so you almost it's a knee-jerk human reaction to resist it when we can't control it in our mind and once I knew that that was the only thing that was holding me back then it was like okay let's go Beautiful. The other thing that I really want to touch on as well is where you said that you've got a gorgeous soul sister. Um, I I feel that is really important that everybody has, you know, that one or two, if they're blessed and lucky three, but those special people in their life or a special person in their life that really is that soul connection. And I know a lot of people don't have that. Particularly, you know, I do a lot of work with highly sensitive people and Often when they're first hearing this about themselves for the first time that they're a HSP, 
they realize that they actually don't have anybody in their life that gets them. It is important to have that support. And so we've created the Love Life Tribe private group on Facebook, and that is one of the many reasons that I originally created that tribe. So if anybody is feeling like, you know, I wish I had that person that I could connect with on a soul level, you know, as a friend, to have these conversations with and to support each other with, please put in a request on Facebook. Um, go to our Facebook page, which is facebook.com forward slash love life show. And then there's a link in there where you can put a request in to join the closed group. And the intent of that group is so loving and supportive. There are people all around the world that are meeting up through there for, for lunches and Skyping each other. And even if you're not in the same city, these days it's easy to have a soulful a soul connection with somebody that's elsewhere. You know, two of my best friends, one lives um, an eight-hour, ten-hour drive away and another lives about a two-hour drive away. So I, most of my, my connections are on the phone or Skype, so it's perfect. It's so easy now. It yeah. is so easy, isn't it? It is. I'm constantly amazed on that Facebook page. You see someone write a post and within 15 minutes there's, like, answers in. So and the answers are so like, loving, aren't they? They're so loving and accepting. And that's yeah. what, you know, when you are being bold in life, um, like Amanda, and you've chosen that you want to get into your shadow side, you want to clear out your stuff, you want to you know, work with your inner child, heal your past, whatever, to have that person that is not judging you, but simply holding the space for you, that's reminding you you're worthy, that all is okay, that I've got your back. I'm here for you. It's just divine. So thank you so much for sharing your story of what you're most proud of, Amanda, because I think there'll be a lot of people that will relate to this and you've given them some good tips and tools here to help them to move through it. So thank you so much. Not a problem. Hi, I'm Mark and I'm from Melbourne, Australia. Proud of myself as the person that I have uh, that, that I have become today. Um, I'm, I'm an expression of love and kindness. I, I, I am internally devoted and deeply connected to my people, my gods, and my universe. Um, I really, I really feel that I've, I've sought a way to serve to myself and to others, and that obviously is very based around uh, the, the love and energy of, 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 of my, my inner circle um, people that I, I associate with every day. I'm very devoted to my people, and I love helping them. And this has been a massive you know, part of, of, of my amazing journey and I've grown internally, emotionally and I don't really like using words like spiritually, like loaded terms like that. So I will use the word deeply, you know, so growth internally, emotionally, deeply um, has been a big part, you know, going down, you know, life's many pathways. I've traveled to get here. So I've been down lots of roads, lots of freeways, and, 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 and I've learned to call them life pathways. And, you know, at a, at a very, at a very young age, um, I found myself, you know, working three jobs. And one night on the way home from work, I, I drove underneath a semi trailer. Um, and I woke up in hospital and, and, you know, I had busted legs, busted arms, post traumatic amnesia. So I'd lost my mind. I'd, I'd lost my memory and I'd had open heart surgery. I was in, I was on life support. Um, so basically I'd smashed all, I didn't have any teeth in my, in, in my mouth. Um, and I was, I was pretty much, I didn't know whether I was going to, 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 to come through this. And, and I obviously out, outside of this, um, 
incident, I was in hospital. I was hospitalised for around two years. Um, and through this experience, you know, um, you know, I had my first taste of what it's what it's what it's actually like walking down Pescodal. And if I could explain that to you, um, you know, it's obviously it's a moment in my life, um, probably in my unconscious life, or you know, I could say, or semi-unconscious life, where. You know, I, I traveled down, you know, uh, this, this, this gray tunnel. And, you know, at the end of this tunnel, there was a guy and he had a gray beard, um, a long gray beard. And it had parts of black in it, like black hair. So okay. that's actually uh, salt and pepper. So that's the color of my hair, actually, believe it or not, salt and pepper. Because as a result, get this, I actually never thought of this, but right now as I'm thinking of it, since that car accident, I went salt and pepper in the head. Do you think that that might have been your higher self that you met? Oh, that's an interesting. No, I don't. I, I don't because I, I felt that I connection with this person at the end of this tunnel. You felt no connection, a, did you say? No, a massive connection. A massive connection. That's why I think it massive. could it could potentially be your higher self. But it doesn't matter who it is. You know what what sort of entity it is. So you felt this amazing connection, and what happened from then? He looked at me, and, 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 I, and I was in a very nasty state. So I was in the road trauma unit in the Alfred Hospital. I'd had open-heart surgery and so many surgeries that my body was just obviously in, 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 in a mode of despair. I was just like, so I, I've, I'm at this, I'm at this, in, at the end of this tunnel, and this guy, he's coming, he's talking to me from, from the heart, and I felt his love. And he goes, dude, this is serious business. Don't go any, don't go any further. Don't. Wow. And he's like, and he's like, seriously, don't go any further. And you knew to and, take that wisdom? Well, unconscious, semi-consciously, I was like very aware in my sleep, in, in, a, in a deep sleep. And, and, and I stopped and, and I went to go forward and he's like, he was almost like a protector and an advisor at the same time. And he said, don't go any further. I'm serious. Don't go any further. And, and I turned around and I, and I came, and I came back and I, and I came back and then I woke up and I was sick and I was holding, you know, those triangles on top of your bed in the hospitals. Yes. I was holding that and, and I said, can you wheel me out? I, and, and I said, can you, I said to the nurse, I said, Get, please take me outside. And they wheeled my bed out, out, outside. This is like in, in the, in the road trauma unit. And then I was sick everywhere because I didn't know what the out, I was used to a, a, an environment that was created in a hospital. And when they opened the doors and took me outside, I was just sick everywhere. And when they took the, the, the bed inside, I said, wheel me down the corridor right now. I want to go to, I want I need to pick up the phone. And I called my mother and I told her and I, and I, and, and, and I told her this and then I went back and I, and I just went to sleep and, I, and that moment just stayed with me forever. Wow. So yeah. was that a turning point in who you chose consciously to be? How you chose the, the decisions and the choices that are presented to us on a daily basis? Did you start to make different choices? Yeah, yeah, things started happening to me at that stage in my life. And look, it's not only because of, you know, I, I, I don't believe in coincidence and I don't, and I don't believe in, in things that just happen by chance. So, you know, and I'm a true believer in destiny and with, and our paths are, are very clearly marked out for us. So my life did begin to change for me. And, you know, and, and, and in that change, amazing things happened to me. Cause I'm curious how you went from that person that manifested a massive, massive sledgehammer, a near-death experience, to get to somebody who is so committed to being of service to self and others that so you use the word devoted. 
yeah, totally, hundred percent devoted, and 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 devotion is. is I, I might add, I, I didn't mention at the end of that. I walked out of the hospital, and there was nothing wrong with me whatsoever. I had busted legs, busted arms, busted pelvis, um, all new teeth, post-traumatic amnesia, open heart surgery, ruptured my aorta. No one, one percent of people survived that. They died within twenty seconds. Ruptured my descending aorta, ruptured the first two. I was spitting blood. Right, no one survives that. Now I've walked out of the hospital. When I got out of the hospital, I went home and I jumped. And my mum went out. They would only let me out of the hospital if I'd go and stay at my mum's. So I went out. So mum and mum and the whole family were going out on a Saturday night. This was the first week I was out, and I was on crutches. They they left to go to the Chinese down in down in Brighton, the local chows, which we do it's family tradition. I got changed into my into my triathlon gear because I was doing triathlons in those days, and I went for a ride. And when I got back off my bike, my mum was sitting there waiting for me. And I got the biggest slogging you've ever heard in your life. <laughs> my mum's Scottish. My mum's Scottish. <laughs> and I, I was nearly in tears. She and meant business. She wasn't yeah, going to let time. you muck around with bad choices. <laughs> no, so, and, but the thing was, Jane, like, I, I walked out of this like nothing happened. You, now, there's a, there's a, I have a certain relationship with that outcome. Yes. Or understanding. So do you mean you walked out of it with like no sense of responsibility from the blessing that you've just been given? Thank you. Yeah, totally. I, I, I walked out of it with, with lots of responsibility, lots of, lots of, lots of great, lots of gratitude. But, but it was almost impossible that I would just walk out and become an athlete, which I did. I, I love your story and thank you so much for sharing it because I think it's very sure. inspirational when people are faced with trauma like that to know that people can survive you know, they can survive this stuff, but not just survive, they can thrive post-trauma. Yeah. It's really important for people to to hear these stories and know that they too will be fine. I want to know, though, how you came – so prior to the accident, yes. were you somebody who was devoted to self and devoted to others? No, I was a chef. Um, I was a, I was a chef and I was working, you know, 70 hours a week, 80 hours, 70 plus hours a week. And my, my life was just, just cram packed with working crazy hours as a chef, as a chef. Um, I worked at very reputable places. In fact, I worked at Jean Jacques. Oh, very cool. When it, when it, when it first opened, that was Crown Best Restaurant in Australia five years in a row. So. Very cool. There, you, you, but you but let's get back to, we've got to get back sure. to the emotional stuff, darling. I want to sure, get back sure, to sure. what, how did you move from such an unconscious person to such a conscious person? Okay. The journey really changed when, when I went overseas to Indonesia. Okay. My journey really changed. Did you visit some place or speak some speak to some person? Yes. Was there a, yes. was there a moment? I went to Indonesia for a holiday and I and I met a guy and he this guy was Hindu and he was like almost and he was a friend and he owned a restaurant and I started talking to him about my life and stuff and you know many people go there to party and I've never been that sort of a person so we sat down and he goes come to my restaurant tonight and we'll talk and I we spoke. Like all night, pretty much for the sort seven hours, we just spoke deeply, and I told him about stuff about me and all that. And he goes, "Tomorrow morning, I'm going to have you picked up um, where you're staying, and and I'm going to take you to to a, to a, I'm going to get this guy to take my friend to take you to a temple. When you go to this place, he goes, many people, you know, it's, you know, you're going to feel energy from this place. Don't get scared and don't run. I want you to stay there. Anyway, Jane, in, in, the next morning, I was picked up and I was taken to to this temple and 
And Jane, when we walked into the temple, we sat down and he prepared his ceremonies um, to, to invite, you know, his people to come down. And as he was doing this, Jane, this was the second most powerful temple in the universe. I didn't realize it at the time. It's now my home temple, Mount Matua Temple. Um, and this guy started reciting the Gayatri Mantra. It's a 5,000-year-old mantra. Um, and all of a sudden when he was reciting this mantra, it's my hair was standing on end. Wow. And then he looked at me and he had a long face with bloodshot eyes. And he said, now you can, uh, he was, he was reciting the go-to mantra. He was bringing down his people to be in this, in, in our circle. Beautiful. So really what I take from this is that you, from the moment that you were open to the guy with the long salt and pepper beard that was communicating to you at your, really on your deathbed in mm -hmm. hospital, from that mm -hmm. point forward, you seemed to be, whether it was subconsciously or consciously, I don't know, but you seem to have been committed to the opportunities, the conversations, the signposts that were yeah. leading you to something greater than where you currently were. Would you say that's that, a fair analogy? Jane, that was, that was just so well said, and, and, and that is so true. So um, I feel like to summarise, you know, what you are most proud of, you're most proud of the fact that you are such a ball of love and kindness, that, you know, you're connected to God's universe, I think, were your words, that you um, are committed to a devotion to serve to self and others. Yeah. However, that has come about as a result of a deeper commitment to following a path that perhaps is yeah. predestined for you, looking for those signposts, stepping up, having that conversation, hit the path roads in life and check in with your gut and go the way that you want to go. Would you say yeah. that's, that's the gift from the moments that you're most proud of? Jane, that's uh, absolutely, I couldn't have put it better, better myself. Absolutely, 100%. Beautiful. You know, after, uh, after this, after, after my car accident, you know, I actually, one thing I probably didn't mention is, you know, my, my, my center and my inner, my inner being was, was in a state of sadness because I'd punished my, my body was punished so severely. I didn't have a girlfriend at the time. And I don't know, there's a difference between having your mum there and having a girlfriend. Yes. Having absolutely. a, having a woman there wrapped around you. Yes. Saying, darling, I love you. And there's a difference. So I had no one. Um, and when I come outside of, out, outside of this whole, you know, arrangement of hospital and all that sort of stuff, you know, I, 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 I turned, this was inevitable for me to happen. And I embraced this, these moments that happened to me. And, and I, and I, I've, ever since I've not stopped embracing these moments. And I've been back to these, these places, you know, 60, 70 times, Joe. Wow. Thank you so much for sharing your story, Mark. I'm sure that our gorgeous Love Life listeners are going to be very inspired by it. And the take-home message is to really keep your eye out for the signs. You know, you are being guided every which way. you just got to be willing to see the signs and step up and say yes. Thanks, Mark. Yeah, totally. You're welcome. I'm Catherine. I'm from Hastings in the UK. I am proud of myself for actually being stronger than anyone else ever imagined I would be. Um, I'm independent and I'm individual and I stand on my two feet um, and I'm, I'm really proud of my resilience. You've got some really cool qualities there. So you've got strength, you've got individualism, independence and resilience. Mm -hmm. 
So where did you get the courage to be an individual? Because that's something that lots of people really struggle with, with wanting to be their own unique version of themselves. It's not an easy thing to be an individual. How did you get to be an individual? I think that when I was at school, uh, I always wanted to be in the cool crowd with the cool kids and stuff like that, but um, I always felt a little bit intimidated. So I tended to just, um, I ended up being friends with other people who were a little bit more individual or, or perhaps a little bit different, um, and that kind of gave me a bit more strength to be just me. Um, and then, as I got a bit older, I think I just stopped caring as much about what other people thought. So I, I don't, I didn't worry about people's judgment as much. I, I kind of just let that go a little bit. So it's like that in the teenage years, it was such a gift to not be a part of the cool group, because as we all know now as adults, the cool group is just the cookie cutters, those that are all you know trying to do it the same. And do you feel that therefore? hanging out with children that perhaps did have a difference, you were in the energy of them as well as yourself where you knew that judgments were already coming at you, perhaps from the cool kids or from other people, where you you started to build resilience early on to getting used to people having opinions and having judgments about you that you were almost forced to not care back then. I mean, I, I really admired um, those people. I, I, I think I'm so lucky. I, I admire those people um, because they seem so free. So when I started to learn from them just how to be me in my own right, then that felt better for me. That felt more in alignment with who I was. And that kind of taught me, so from the positive reaction, that taught me to, to develop that more and, and to, to kind of grow in that area. Um, but the other thing that I noticed is, is I, I've always had a very good ability um, to be a bit of a comedian. So I, I can hold my own with the cool kids. So I, I, I'm, I'm able to go and, you know, chat with them and connect with them. And then I'm able to go to, to sort of, you know, people from different backgrounds and, and people from, from different cultures. I'm, I'm very, it's a, it's a skill of mine to be able to fit into their vibe very quickly. Um, and I think I've always, I've, I've ended up using that as a, as a benefit for me. I can go to work and I can be in the office and I can be with people who are very professional. And then I can go home and go to the pub at the weekend and hang out with, you know, some of my fishermen from, we've got a, a very strong fishing community and I can have a laugh with them. So I'm very flexible in that response. I love this. So I think. You've reminded yeah. me of when I was in my early 20s that one of the things I loved to say was that I can do black tie at the Hyatt, which back then in the 80s was, you know, our only five-star hotel here. I can do black tie at the Hyatt Hotel and I can do beer and barbecue in the thongs in the, you know, around the swimming pool. That's it. And I always yeah, felt, that. yeah, I always felt really proud of that. I'm going to share that. I, I hope you don't mind me sharing this, but uh, you two are a highly sensitive person, aren't you? Catherine, yes, yes. and I actually think I, I this is a gift of being a HSP is that we do have the ability to do that. However, we have to have the self-worth, the self-confidence, 
to be able to move into each group. We can see what is needed to be able to fit into different molds. However, having the ability to do it, I think that's where you were very blessed to, you know, have that situation in teenage years where you were given the role models of what freedom looked like. And that became such a big incentive for you to, to move through your fears and to start to build resilience so that you could be that individual, strong individual. I think it's, I think it's a fine line. So when I was a lot younger, I think I was using that ability. Um, so it's, it's simple. It's just, you know, being able to read people very quickly and being able to tap into how they feel and where they're coming from and, and make it and bounce back, bounce it back to them. Um, but when I was younger, I was doing that, um, from a, you know, I want to please people. So I want to be team with you. The people I'm connecting with in this moment, I really want your approval. Um, and then as I've gotten older, it is now just, I think it's, it's not just, hey, you're going to be interesting. I want to know you a bit more and find out about you. Um, so I'm going to make you feel comfortable by sort of tapping into your energy and, and, and it, it, you know, it, I don't mean it, but it's, it's different motivators mm. different place, yeah it does very much so so that initial thing of needing approval but then you have the shift to actually I don't need your approval I need my own approval and my own approval is that I feel good when I make other people feel comfortable and I you know I think I've yeah. shared on other podcasts that really to me that's one of the highest most elegant forms of socializing is to be able to make other people feel comfortable is such a, a kind gift to share um, because we all want to feel comfortable and we don't want to feel uncomfortable. And the people that make us feel uncomfortable, of course, they're just showing their own stuff, their own shadow side. Yeah. But it's so self-empowering when you can cross over from the I want your approval to I'm going to give you a gift. Enjoy it. It's just, yeah. Yeah, and and it allows you to step in and out of different social arenas as pleases you, which is, again, self-empowering, isn't it, to have that tool to be able to go, okay, well, I could fit in with these cool kids if I want to, but you know what, there's not really much in it for me today. I don't feel like it. I'm not going to. I'm not going to be rude. I'll be polite. I'll make them feel comfortable, but then I'm disappearing. <laughs> That's very yeah. freeing, very freeing. The other thing as well is that I – I do have a small handful of, of friends who I feel um, 100% myself with. And, and and I read, because of how I can sort of mimic other people and tap into their energy, I'm so appreciative of, of the people that I can I don't have to do that with. Blessing. Yes, it's so important for highly sensitive people. Their, their real inner circle, you know, those two or three really good people around them that they can completely relax in the empath skill uh, because otherwise it is exhausting, isn't it? Catherine, congratulations. I think that you should feel very proud of yourself for being, you know, strong individual with independence and great resilience. Kudos to you, darling. Kudos. Thank you. Hi, I'm Rebecca. I'm from Canada in northern New South Wales. Rebecca, can you complete the sentence for me, please? I am most proud of myself for... Taking the steps of self-improvement. Facing those dark, 
sides of yourself and accepting that I play a part in some of the negative things that have happened to me in my life. It's not an easy lesson, is it, in life to actually have that self-ownership that I played a role in this rubbish that I've just manifested? Not at all. And I think there's been times that that absolutely pulled me apart, that I had to sit back and go, oh, my God, I created that environment, I created that situation, or I contributed to it as well because I think we all see ourselves as the victim and we just have this, you did that to me, you did that to me. So changing my language, my internal dialogue, to face that was really tough and it took me ages to do. And I'm still working on it, to be honest. I think that when we've got life lessons like this to learn, I don't think we ever fully master it. I think <laughs> I think that what happens is that it's a pattern that we notice that we've been living with our entire life and that mm. as we become conscious of it and as we develop and learn and practice new tools to be able to, to act in a different way, or feel in a different way, we still have those moments where we fall back into the old pattern. But I think the difference is that when you do kind of relapse, for want of a better word, the episode, the period of time that you're in that relapse is much shorter than it used to be. And I think the other thing that happens is that the gaps between relapses gets longer. Would you say that's what you found has happened in your life? Yeah. Totally, totally agree with that. And and it's been much easier to have those reflections and things that have happened and highlight where the issues are that you've created um, and then deal with those rather than, you know, months and months down the track, you're still going, I can't believe that person did that thing to me uh, and enjoy the rest of my life, basically. It gives you the peace in between the episodes, doesn't it? Oh, yeah. And, yeah, and as does. that gap gets longer, you therefore live by default in naturally in greater peace. Yeah, because I was a steward. I'd steward on things for months and, and I'd tell all my friends about it and I'm sure they're sick of hearing about my victim stories. I have a bit of advice around victim stories. If you feel that you have to tell more than three people, you're stuck in it. And that's where you're attached to it and you are not owning it at all. And I look at my own behavior in the past and years ago, you know, I would, I tell every person that wanted to hear my pity party story, you know, my poor me story. And, you know, the more people that you tell vibrationally, the more that you are actually living in it instead of moving through it. But Rebecca, how did you get to that point where you, you had that clarity of hang on, Am I the common denominator here? Could I be doing this differently? How did that moment come to you? Do you remember? I do. Um, and look at it, it wasn't like that. I had that moment and then everything changed. It was a very long journey to get to where I am now. Um, I'm, I'm very fortunate in a way that I have a husband who's diagnosed with depression. Um, he's a wonderful, wonderful man. But when we started looking at for him to do uh, to improve his life um, beyond medication. It really turned the spotlight on myself and it's how I may be contributing to, to his episodes, let's say, or you know, maybe there's things that I'm pointing the finger at him that he needs to change in actual fact that he's pointing in the wrong direction. So we went down certain paths for um, self-love, self-healing, and I did those journeys with him. 
So that's basically, and I've met some fabulous people through this process, and that's basically where my journey started and where I got to where I am now. One of the things I'd love to, to comment on is that the relationships that we have, those that we love, those that we are closest to, be it, you know, your, like your husband or whether it's close friends or family members, etc. The people we have the closest relationships to, they are our signposts in life. And so it's such a blessing when you've got a gorgeous husband that oh, I'm sorry that he's gone through depression. However, that it really is the gift to you as well. And it's a gift to both of you if you've got that self-ownership. So what a gift. Once again, yeah. a story that could have been of tragedy, a, a victim story of, you know, my beautiful husband who I love dearly is suffering from depression and life's really hard versus, yeah. oh, my gosh, the biggest gift has been given to me in this trauma because I now realized through the therapy that he was forced to go through that I have also gone through, I've got self-ownership. I mean, amazing, oh. wonderful gifts. We have to go into the dark night of the soul, don't we? to get yes. those most prized gifts. And this is something that I say to other people when they've talked to me about it. I was only just having a conversation with my sister the other day and I just said, if it wasn't Simon and me needing someone like him, I think I could have been a very selfish person because I had to look at myself and the way that I've contributed to our relationship. Either that or I'm a miserable person living a horrible life and that's really not an outcome that I want. Who does? That exactly nobody does. Wow, that is such an inspirational story. Rebecca, thank you so much for sharing that. And I just want to add as well that I love when you said, you know, the finger pointing, it came right back at you. I have a little thing where, you know, when you point a finger, if you point a finger, you usually have your forefinger pointed at someone and your thumb is pointing at them as well. Almost a bit like a gun kind of hand yeah. movement but what are the other three fingers doing they're pointing right back at yourself right back at you. so point one at someone and you've got three coming back at you and I think yeah. that is how karma works you know if you put out some bad stuff it's going to come back at you a lot bigger than what you put out there but look what yeah, a, and that's it. a lot bigger than what you put out there that is so true mm, and of course that saying works in reverse doesn't it that if you put love out there if you point the finger of love acceptance, joy, support, compassion, empathy, you are going to get that three times coming back at you. Exactly. Thank you from the bottom of my soul for sharing such a beautiful story and I agree that you have every right to be feeling incredibly proud of yourself for self-ownership of, of what it is that uh, the role that you've played in life. And I know that your life from this point forward is just going to be full of blessings and, and gorgeous, yummy stuff and sending you love and all our best wishes to your gorgeous husband. Thank you. It's still a work in progress. <laughs> life is. It doesn't stop till the day we cross over to that next dimension. <laughs> Hi, I'm Peter and I'm from Canberra. Yes, uh, I am most proud of myself for, I, I guess, the way that I got through a marriage separation uh, and, and then divorce. I, I, I suppose the evidence of that is just you know how well the kids are doing now, and I kind of look at a whole lot of friends, a whole lot of male friends, all went through the same thing at the exact same time, although it was twelve months. A lot of them ended up nasty. Most of them don't talk to their ex partners, and I have a very strong relationship with. 
kudos to you Peter um, as a matchmaker most of my clients that I meet of course have gone through separation or divorce yeah, and if I could wave a wand it would be please continue to have a functioning a high functioning relationship with either the mother or the father of your children uh, for the children's sake but also for your own sake for your own peace of mind and it's not easy I know there are some people that make it incredibly difficult to have a good relationship with them however persistence and time and a dedicated consistent commitment to being the person that you want to be and to focused on creating the relationship with the children's parent, other parent, is it is doable over time. You know, I've watched very toxic marriage breakups where, you know, there's been deep hurt and resentment and anger. And I keep saying to the one person that I'm coaching, because I'm often not coaching both of them, is just hold firm and give it time. And for some that happens sooner rather than later, but it does eventually happen in most situations. What do you feel you did differently to your friends that got the result for your children and for you to have the relationship you do with your ex-wife? Yeah, so I, I, I actually, and you touched on it just before, you know, I, because there was, there was stuff that went on that, and it, it could have not got them well, and, and I was very angry for, you know, a couple of weeks, a month, two months. Um, I guess you, you touched on it before. I, I just don't have the energy or the interest in anger. You know, I, I, I suppose it's self-preservation. I just don't have the time or energy to be angry with people. Uh, and then I just decided I wasn't going to be, you know, I'm a happy, you know, fun sort of person. I wasn't going to be anything different to that. And then I, I also realised that their stuff, uh, you might as well stuff, was about them, it wasn't about me. So I was just able to let go of all that. But really, really, parenting is very important to me and I, I was just, I, I just made the decision that my children were going to be worse off as a result. So again, we come back to that word intent. What is your intent in a marriage separation or a marriage divorce? And if the focus is, is your intent is, I wish to place parenting as my priority, then you're going to do everything that you can to keep heading in that direction. And that includes somehow finding a way to get on the same page with your ex-partner. Um, but the other thing that I really want to touch on here, I wrote a chapter of this in my book, How to Get the Date, and I've, I've written a blog on it as well. Do you want to be right or do you want to be happy? And in marriage separation or long-term relationship separation, the commitment that I see, the number one intent and commitment that is self-sabotaging is when the individual wants to prove themselves right and their partner wrong. And I will watch people, I've watched somebody that's actually spent 15 years and get this, $3 million in the law courts to prove himself right and his wife wrong. He's had 
enormous health issues. He's lost the relationship with his children. He's lost all of his financial abundance that he had. He had homes everywhere, including one. He's an Australian guy, but he had a gorgeous home in Paris. He lost the lot. And this is what I feel so sad about is that people will be so stuck on their commitment to be right. And it's not an easy pill to take, is it, when you kind of take the higher ground and go, even though I could have an awesome victim story here, that everyone's going to give me the biggest pity party, you actually work hard to let go of that victim story, knowing it's going to give you the freedom, knowing that you're not going to be wasting energy and anger, resentment, in telling the same story to every person you meet. Would you say that that's an accurate assessment of what went on for you? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And, and, and keep in mind, I wasn't in that uh, position for a couple of weeks, a couple of months. Um, I think some people really find it hard to let go of that needing to be right because they care what other people think. And, and I really don't. For most, most of my life, I just, for most of my adult life, I don't care what other people think of me. So I, I didn't have to prove myself. Um, and, and I think a lot of other people, you know, they're wondering what everyone around is actually thinking of them, and so they have to prove that they were right and their partner was wrong, and I just I didn't need to do it. And plus, I, I, we didn't, oh, this was going to sound really bad, really weird, we didn't have a bad marriage. We had a great, fun marriage that went for 17 years, plus three years before that, 20 years, you know, in total, being together, which is a long time. It is a long time, and kudos to you for that. And it's produced beautiful children, and as you said, a a happy marriage most of the time. And that is the truth with most long-term relationships. It's only the last few years that go a bit yucky. And uh, and I also want to say kudos to you for actually turning the energy around after two months. That's extraordinary. I've watched people that have been stuck in their victim cycle for years. And so the sooner that people can get out of it, the better. But I want to give a tip here for anybody that's listening that's either – considering ending a long-term relationship or they are in the middle of a separation and they're trying to get a relationship on track or if they are caring a lot about what other people are are feeling or thinking or saying, it really needs to be a statement that's about you, not about your marriage. And it would be something along the lines of, I had a lovely relationship for many years that produced a lot of great happiness. Maybe it produced beautiful children. I've got lots of lovely memories. Unfortunately, it wasn't great for the last period of time. That said, I am hurt and I am processing a lot of things, as I am sure my partner is, and I thank you for understanding that uh, I'm moving forward. That's it. It's that simple. You're not getting into the nitty-gritty of he said, she said, they said. And uh, and therefore, you actually let your friends off the hook that they don't have to take sides any longer. Um, so I want to thank you, Peter. That is such a great thing to be very proud of. And the fact your children are thriving is no small gift. It's a massive It's the biggest gift that you could give them because it's not easy for children when parents separate. It's not easy for anybody, for the friends, the family, the the each other, for everybody involved. And you bring up such good points about setting your intention for what it is that you want moving forward from the relationship ending and then really finding a way to be happy 
rather than being right and get rid of that victim story and make a consistent commitment to your intent. Thank you for sharing. Beautiful, gorgeous Rubia, who's originally from Brazil, which is fabulous and exotic to a girl from Adelaide. Uh, However, you're now in Brisbane, and I thank you as part of the Love Life Tribe for joining us. Complete the sentence, I am proud of myself for... I am proud of myself for um, going after everything I want to achieve in life, and I never stop until I get it. Seeing that I'm really, really proud of myself for being like that. That's awesome. So you're a very determined lady that doesn't give up, and yeah. you don't. You find that you know if a challenge comes along, it's just a challenge. So you must have a very good mindset to be able to push through yes. the fear. Yes, yes, I've gone through. Uh, still things through life that made me stronger. I chose the path of choosing the path to be stronger rather than the path of being a victim and shit happens to me. Um, and it just, it's amazing. It makes life so much easier and I never stop. I'll just go for it and I have a good time while I'm going for it. So two really important things there I pick up on is the first is that you refuse to be a victim. You know, that is so empowering. And, in fact, yeah. that's often when I'm coaching people in um, self-development, the very first thing I want them to do is own their victim story and then change their victim story. Don't be the victim. So it's wonderful yeah. that, you know, you're absolutely not living in that story at all. And the second yeah. thing that really stood out was that you make sure you enjoy what you're doing. Yes, enjoy the process, yes, definitely. So even if it gets tough or you're throwing, you know, life throws your curveballs often, you make sure that you find, how do you get to the enjoyment part? Do you find the positive or do you view the challenge as a, a joyful process? How do you do that? Um, I usually, um, I used to be a big victim, so that's a big thing, like you say, a lot of people, but I usually just go, I watch my thoughts. And I'm like, okay, this is what's happening to you. There is a reason why this is happening to you. And I usually connect with my gut feeling. And I get a really powerful message usually, you know, in my mind. And I get that feeling that, okay, this is happening for a reason. And so I just go with it. I said, okay, I'm just going to go at work. For example, recently my boss said, we're going to have to keep you on part-time. You can't go back to full-time. I said, look, that's no problem. I'm going to keep studying. I'm going to do what I love. I'm going to do other things. Then else came back to me. But actually, we can give you some hours. So I could have gone really depressed and hating work and not liking it. And she was actually surprised with my reaction. I said, it's just the way that it is. I, I don't have any power to change this. Um, it is outside of, it's something that's outside my control. So I'm going to do the best I can the way that I will react when things happen to me. Beautifully said. So two more things that I've picked up on on that you utilize to be able to live life this way is that you listen to your gut feeling, you listen to your intuition, and that's so important. And the second thing is is where there is always a reason why things are the way they are. And if we can find that reason, reason, it's so self-empowering, and that stops us from feeling powerless, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah, I just, it's so much easier, life is so much easier when it comes things the way that they are. And I plan things, of course, like we all make plans, but, you know, things always go a little bit different, they take a different way, and I'm like, 
that's fine. I'm just, I enjoy it. Like I embrace change and just have a good time with it rather than fighting against it. And a fifth bit of wisdom in all of this, Rubia, you are full of gems. You've delivered five awesome ones. Um, and that, that fifth one is, is so important as well is to embrace change. Nothing yeah. ever stays the same, ever. And even if we wanted it to, we can't force it to. Science won't allow us and the universe won't allow us. So you may as well, we may as well all get good at change because uh, it's inevitable. Thank you for answering that question so beautifully. I know our Love Life listeners are just going to go, wow, five nuggets of, uh, of good wisdom there to be able to be proud of living life the way you do. Thank you. Thank you. I hope you've enjoyed listening to the beautiful stories from our Love Life tribe of what it is that they are most proud of. And what is it that I am most proud of? I've got a couple of things. The first thing that I am most proud of is that I deeply believe I can achieve anything I put my mind to. And that might sound quite simplistic because perhaps lots of people feel that way. However, This has been something that I've actually had from very early childhood. And I do want to thank my mum and dad for that. One of the gifts that they gave me was a real deep belief that I can do have experience and achieve anything that I put my mind, my heart and my soul to. And that belief set me up to be able to live a very bold life. I was quite into doing what people would say, you can't do that. Don't do that. Who do you think you are? It won't work. From a really young age, very young, uh, my first business was at 21 years old and I was told that wouldn't work. <laughs> and, uh, and in a way back then, they were kind of like fighting words. It was, it was a bit like, really? You really think that will watch me? And it became a challenge. Now, I don't think these days, three decades later, that that's a great motivation to just do something because you want to prove someone wrong. However, the true belief in myself was there. It involves persistence. It involves a deep belief that we are all capable of anything. It's not just me. It's not just a few people. It's not the chosen ones. It's not those that got touched on the shoulder by a fairy that said, yes, you shall be granted the lucky path or the easy path. This really is for anybody. The key, however, is always passion. It has to be what you love because if you love it, you will just keep learning about it, it will be effortless and easy for you to become a master of it. And then if you choose and you remain in the zone of passion, it will move you into a a zone of genius where you really are a master of whatever it is that you've done. So therefore, we really can do and experience and have whatever it is we really desire. So it's that deep belief that the universe is magic, that we are magic, that we are one and we are connected and that we have unlimited resources that we can tap into. There is no shortage of anything that is wanted in this planet. We just have to really believe that. And so 
I'm really proud of the fact that I have maintained the belief that my parents instilled in me because life does throw us curveballs and we do have perceived failure. We do have experiences that turn out in a different way to what it was that we desire. And yet I still held firm in the belief that I could do it in whatever it was I turned my hand to. Now, the second thing that I'm most proud of, I am most proud of embracing being a highly sensitive person. It really has been my greatest challenge in life to manage my sensitivity. For the good part of nearly four decades, it was the biggest burden of my life. My feelings were being hurt all the time. I was taking things personally. I made assumptions. I was highly sensitive. So while there are the highly sensitive, I'm the highly sensitive of the highly sensitives. My birth numbers are 33-6, which means the three is about sensitivity and expression. I have double whammy sensitivity and expression. However, I am most proud that I recognized first off that I am highly sensitive. I'm so blessed that I found Dr. Elaine Aaron's research uh, back in the early 2000s. And I am proud of myself for owning that and not letting it be a fault, a huge fault in me, but recognizing that this is just the way I am. And if I know myself, I can understand myself. And if I can understand myself, I can manage myself. And if I can manage myself, I can embrace myself. So they are my two things that I am most proud of. And I hope that you too, through listening to all of our stories, are taking the time to really think deeply about what it is that you are most proud of. Because it is so important that we take the time to celebrate our journeys, the time to recognize our expansion of self, take the time to realize just how good life is now compared to how it was back then. And I guess it's really that age-old thing that people have always said, would you swap youth for the wisdom that you have now? And my answer is no, never, not ever. I'm so grateful for the wisdom that I have in my life now. And I am grateful for the lessons that I have been given, the hard-earned wisdom that lets me lead the life that I really am blessed to have. I honour and celebrate my achievements. If you want more of Love Life, then I'd love you to join me for the post-show conversation. We're going to be holding that in our private Facebook group. So head to facebook.com forward slash love life show and then put in a a request to join the group. It's pinned to the top of that page. So you should be able to find that easily. And we're going to keep the conversation going post show. So if you'd like to share with us what it is that you're most proud of, jump into the group and uh, share with us your story. You can also find all our past episodes on our website, which is lovelifeshow.com. Plus, you can email me any questions you have, or if you want to book in for a coaching session, then you can do that by heading to janedonovan.com.au. And of course, if you've enjoyed today's show, I'd love to hear from you. Or if you want to make a contribution towards the cost of producing the show, you can also make a donation at our lovelifeshow.com page. So until next week, have a divine week remembering all that you've achieved 
and be proud of what it is that you've achieved and celebrate just how far you've come. Life is perfect, I'm not trying, it's just happening.